Broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio, this is Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary Unnecessary Roughness. I think this, that somewhere within the first five to ten plays of the game, the other team's quarterback must go down. And he must go down hard. It's Unnecessary Roughness here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Big hole, first down, end zone, touchdown, touchdown Raiders, would you believe it? This is Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy, Q. And here we are kicking off hour number two of the show here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. Coming up at 3.30, our guy Mick Akers from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. He'll join the show to talk about the piece that has been put out on the RJ about the Raiders organization and some allegations. A lot of them to me, and this is just me kind of going over it kind of quickly and and reading the the story, seems like it was stuff that we already knew. So we're just going to kind of get to the bottom of it with Mick Akers and, and see how much is new or how much is uh, you know, old and how much is new and, and just where everything is going. So uh, we'll talk to Mick Akers coming up at 3.30 uh, about that, again, from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. But right now, I uh, wanted to hear from you, your calls and texts straight off that uh, Red Nation listener line, 702-365-9200. Also, Sam and Ash text line is 69187, keyword R&R. Make sure you put R&R in that or else we will not get it. It'll go to our sister station, ESPN Las Vegas, and we want to make sure that we get the message from you talking about Derek Carr and the way that he sounds relaxed and comfortable and just ready to go out there and compete once the uh, the veterans report to training camp starting on the 20th and one of the questions that was asked to him today on a media call by Ron Fertrell right here in Las Vegas asked about how he thought OTAs went yeah I think it went I think it went great um but we still have a lot of work to do we're both you know on Max's side on my side we're all learning new systems um you know in the special teams kicking game it's a new it's a new culture it's a new way of doing things so uh we got a lot of way to go I mean we got a lot of talent. I've been on some really talented teams that didn't do much. Um, and so, you know, just the leadership part of it, just making sure that the work is being put in before this, I was up early throwing with, you know, Tay this morning, you know, and we're working on our craft and we're working on getting better and, you know, the timing and the chemistry and we're, uh, you know, cause coach Rabel has got some defenses that we're going to have to deal with, you know, and we got, we got some stuff that we're going to have to, you know, prepare for as, as much as I play golf, as much as I have fun, I spend a lot more time studying my playbook and, you know, uh, getting ready for the the real season for me uh, until really my football career is done. And so we got we got ways to go, and our division's tough. It's going to be fun. Um, no one thinks anything of us, and I think that's what makes it fun <laughs> is uh, you, you always have to put the ball down and play the football games. I love it. Nobody thinks anything of us. I love it. Uh, and the other thing that I notice, every time you listen to something, it, you can listen to it three or four times, you'll pick up on something else. And something that I noticed, uh, actually I noticed it when he said it, but just haven't spoke on it yet, is when he said, you know, both of our sides of the ball, talking about the offense where he was the leader of it, and then he said Max's side of the ball. So obviously Max Crosby is the defensive, is the captain, is that guy. That's that's his side of the ball. That's his team. The defensive side of things is, is Max's. And D- Derek obviously is running things offensively. I just stood out to me as well that they're given given that kind of props and and it it should be right you expect that uh, when you give a contract extension to a guy like Max Crosby you know that he definitely has earned the respect of the team and so now it's there's his side of the ball it's been a while I think since the Raiders have had someone defensively where they could say it's their side of the ball so I thought that that was something as well so 702-365-9200 Raider Nation listener line also Sam and Ash text line 69187 keyword R&R if you think that Derek Carr sounds a little bit more relaxed a little more comfortable ready to just go out there and ball 
ball and even take that little bit of a disrespect that he talked about. No one thinks much of us. You know, use that as a little chip on the shoulder and kind of a little edge to them so they can go out there and perform. With all that being said now, let's go ahead and jump into Cover 3. It's time for Q's Cover 3, NFL news and notes of the day here on Raider Nation Radio 920. There's a lot to talk about. It's so funny saying that when it's June 27th and we know that it's a slower part of the year. Uh, for the, some one reason or the other, the NFL is very active and staying in the news. And uh, for, this is not one of the good reasons, not of the, one of the good stories. And that has to do with Deshaun Watson. Uh, tomorrow he's going to start to hear uh, the hearing is going to start taking place as far as what he's going to, what kind of suspension that they expect him to get or what kind of punishment he expects to get. But today the Houston Texans – we're involved now in the suit against the, – they're being sued uh, for actually enabling and helping Deshaun Watson with these massage therapist uh, sessions that he was, uh, he was going through. Basically, they're getting sued for trying to help set it up. The lawsuit states that the Texans provided Watson with resources to conduct his therapy sessions, including rooms set up for him at the Houstonian Hotel, massage tables provided to him for private sessions, uh, for, for private massage sessions and an NDA provided to him from the head of the Texas security. So uh, that's pretty damning right there. It's not good news at all. I know we talked to John McClain about this multiple times, and we'll talk to him tomorrow at 3 o'clock, so it should be interesting to see what developments have, have come up and, and he'll be able to provide some kind of insight to. But I'll tell you right now, if there's any way that somebody can prove that the Houston Texans were actually involved in this kind of activity, I mean, it's one thing – what's going on with the Cleveland Browns and how they're dealing with Deshaun, and they gave him all that money and basically gave him a, a, a BS base salary so he didn't have to lose a whole lot of, of uh, suspension money. Man, you look back at the Texans, and if they really kind of paved the way for all this activity to happen, which it kind of sounds like they did, and that's why they're being sued right now, can you imagine what kind of world of hurt they could be in? Oh, man, that could be bad. You say imagine it. It's one of those things that's unfathomable because you can right. say, hey, maybe you can just push away. Hey, man, he wanted us to rent him a room at the Houstonian. Hey, we don't know what he's doing. Massage. Hey, he wants his own personal massage table or something. But the head of security, I think that that's going to be the uh, biggest piece of this because you don't just write up an NDA, type something up like, wow. all right, here you go. Here's a blanket statement. Have him sign this. I just checked it out because that's something that, that would go up the, the ladder of command. And this head of security, I don't know if he's still there now. But if anything comes of this, he's definitely going to be a fall guy. Oh, yeah, he's going to be a fall guy, and the Texans organization is going to really they're going to, they're going to, man, they're going to be in a world of hurt, and, and they have to be. You know, there's so many different allegations that are going on. Again, we can go back and focus in on what's going on in Washington with the football team and Daniel Snyder. And, uh, you know, we see the way that he's kind of skirting around. It's like he's a Teflon Don. He doesn't really get, uh, you know, punished for anything, but – you feel like something's coming down the line, right, of course. And then, uh, you know, the Raiders themselves, you know, they have their own, uh, you know, situations that are out there where it sounds like a workplace misconduct, the allegations are out there. And I know Mark Davis is going to address it at some point. He hasn't yet, but I do know he's going to uh, address it as he said he will address it at some point. But these kind of things, man, I mean, it just, it just can't happen. You know, I look at a lot of organizations, and I probably feel like there's some, something to, you know, workplace misconduct probably within all the organizations. I'm sure everyone's not just, you know, squeaky clean, but that doesn't matter, right? You can't – that's not one of the excuses. It's not one of those, well, look what they're doing. Well, they're doing it too. You know what I mean? Like, that, that just can't happen. These kind of things have to be cleaned up. And if there's any way that they could prove without a shadow of a doubt that the Houston Texans actually help facilitate these and set these, uh, set these kind of sessions up, man – 
man, like you said, the, the head of security is going to be the fall guy, no doubt. But there's got to be. There has got to be something else coming down the pipeline or else everybody and their mother is going to be outside of NRG Stadium picketing, man. It's going to be, it's going to be really, really bad if they're, they're proven to have basically opened up the door for Deshaun to act the way that he is. Yeah, because like you just said with Snyder, it's one of the things with Snyder where it's, hey, they can't make him sell the team or he'd have to be voted out. So what are the implications or what would be a consequence if there is some full-scale report and it's like, hey, they didn't do that much, but they did help him a little bit like a fine of a million dollars or whatever, like that's not good. Even no, the fine, it's not yeah. going to be good enough, whatever no. the consequence is. No, it's not. And, you know, the thing about it is in this situation, I remember when Deshaun first started saying that he wanted out of Houston and there was none of these allegations were there. And then all of a sudden it popped up. And I remember saying to myself, and, you know, I, I'm not trying to ex- excuse Deshaun at all, but I, I, it just was amazing how quickly he said he didn't want to be in Houston, and then all of a sudden these allegations popped up. And I always wondered, like, what do the Texans have with it coming out right now? Well, if they help facilitate it, maybe that's why. You know what I mean? Like, maybe if there is something to this, and now it could backfire on them in a major way, obviously, right? Because now if, if it's proven that they did have something to do with it and they helped facilitate it, I mean, that's just really – that, that's definitely going to backfire on them. But it just felt to me like something was leaked from the organization the minute that he said he didn't want to be there anymore. All of a sudden, that's when all these cases started happening. And I, I think I said that on ESPN Central Texas when I was there. I was like, man, I just – I'm not saying that he didn't do this because obviously where there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, there's, there's way too much, uh, you know, allegations and way too many details. But it was just strange uh, on how quickly everything happened and spiraled it out of control while they're in Houston. So that's definitely something to pay attention to. But we'll start to hear about possible and potential uh, suspensions and how long the suspensions could be starting tomorrow. And I'm hearing it could be as long as a year. That was a report that came out over the weekend. Now, that wasn't – that wasn't completely confirmed that it was going to be a year, but ESPN's Adam Schefter said a very lengthy suspension, and others had mentioned a year. They gave a specific timeline. I don't know exactly what the timeline is going to be, but it does feel like that if the suspension isn't at least a year, then they probably failed. So we'll see exactly what uh, what comes of that. Now I got a couple more notes, and then we'll get to uh, we'll get to our call. How about former Raiders edge rusher Carl Nassib donating money? We all know that he came out uh, last year before the season and said that he was gay, and uh, you know he was he was the first active uh, gay player in the league, and that was that was cool. Like I had no problem with that. Well, he donated a, a, I believe a hundred thousand dollars last year. And he's doing it again this year to the Trevor Project. So it's Pride Month right now. It's going on. So he put out an Instagram video. I want to remind people why Pride important is to why Pride Month is important to me. Out there right now, there's a kid saying, "I'd rather be dead than be gay," and that's why I'm partnering again with the Trevor Project and matching all donations up to $100,000. I really hope you guys join me in supporting this awesome organization and supporting these young kids. I hope you guys have a great rest of your Pride Month, and thank you very much. That's from former Raider Carl Nassib, and he's a free agent. He's a free agent. You know, last year he was with the Raiders, and I always said that, hey, I I didn't have any problem. I don't think the team had any problem, but I never knew after, you know, after he was no longer on the team who was going to pick him up. And he's a free agent right now. He's out there and available, but I think that he's in a good place. You know, we talked about Derek Carr being in a good place. Obviously, it's for different reasons, but uh, I think he was in a really good place last year knowing that he didn't have any secrets anymore. So uh, Carl Nassib is putting his money where his mouth is and donating another $100,000. How about uh, former Panthers linebacker, the great Luke Keekley? He is back with the Carolina Panthers, but not on the field. 
This time he's going to be in the radio booth. It was announced uh, this morning that the great linebacker will be part of the broadcast team for seven games in 2022. So he said, I love the Panthers. I love being around them. Uh, he told the website that. I love the people. I think I want to be attached to the team and the game and the organization somehow, and I think it could be a lot of fun. That's the biggest reason to do something around the game on game day. Let's have some fun. So there you go. Luke Keekley joining the radio booth. He's going to try to get his Lincoln Kennedy on and, uh, and be the color commentator for the Panthers. I don't know what the Panthers are going to look like this year. I'm banking on them, DeMond. You know that's my guy. You know Matt Rule's my guy. I'm banking on them doing better than last year. They got off to a hot start, and that hot start ended quick, fast, and in a hurry. So uh, I'm banking on them making a move for Baker Mayfield and, and going and getting another quarterback because Sam Darnold's not the guy. And I know that they have the young man waiting in the wings, but he's not ready yet. So I'm just thinking that they're going to go get, a, get, get uh, Baker Mayfield on a one-year deal, You know, just kind of make that trade for him, let him ride it out this year, and uh, hope, hope for the best that he's able to, <laughs> to put in a really good season. I think that he will. If they do make that move, he, he seems to play better when his back's against the wall. And like I said, Matt Rule always seems to succeed in year three with the teams that he's in but, or he's with. But this is a different ball game because it's an NFL team and not a college team. But I'm still riding it. I'm still riding that Matt Rule train, man. <laughs> Real quick, I just looked up Luke Keekley's age because, you know, you know, had to retire early concussion issues. Yeah. 31. Yeah. That's shocking. He like we was on a member of the Hall of Fame team for the 2010s, so he's definitely got the pedigree that he doesn't need to play another down to solidify his resume, but wow, only 31 years old. Yeah, man, you know the thing with Luke Keekley and I remember that game and I don't remember who he was playing against, but when he was literally on the field crying and I thought he had a concussion then. He had so many concussions. Like when I saw him crying on the field that game, and it wasn't necessarily a concussion, but it was some symptom and some, something that related to a concussion while he was on the field crying, I thought, oh, man, this dude's done. And if he's not done, someone needs to take his helmet away from him because those concussions, they just start piling up, piling up, piling up, and bad things happen, man. And so, yeah, Luke Keekley, he's I was glad that he, was, he walked away from the game when he did walk away because, I, I mean, a couple more concussions, you just don't know what's going to happen. There's certain guys, as great as they are, you just have to say, hey, dude, you can't do it anymore. And Keekley, uh, with his concussions, was one of them. Remember Patrick Willis with his feet? He, that was another one. Uh, who else? Um, I forget the tight end that was in Washington for the longest time. I think he's still attempting to play, but he had concussion is issues as well. There's just certain guys, man, that you get multiple concussions. You just really got to start thinking about your own health, man, because it's, it's, as much as we say it's not worth it, I know they make a lot of money and they want to make as much as possible and they want to play the game that they love, but it is really – not worth it what can potentially happen to them they can have all the money in the world and none of that matters if they don't have their mind so i'm uh, glad to see that luke keekley could still be around the team and around the game just not on the field because as you said 31 years old had to retire at a very early age but uh, i think that was the best thing that he could have done was uh, walk away from the game while he still could because man oh man it gets bad so those are the notes i got for you oh i did have one more for you how about this adrian peterson versus Le'Veon bell what you know about this? You're the fight game guy. What you know about Adrian Peterson and Le'Veon Bell having a boxing match next month? Yay or nay? Thumbs up or thumbs down? Thumbs all the way up 100%. Why? I think that they're both already in that mode. Adrian Peterson, a Hall of Famer, he knows that he's not getting any more offers. Le'Veon Bell, he messed up as soon as he sat out that year. Right. It's been nothing but downhill from there. Do you really want to see those two fight, though? Yes, because I think that Adrian Peterson is going to come in, like, incredible shape. He's go like he's, he's always gonna, in incredible exactly. shape. Yeah, he's always in incredible shape. And that don't mean he can fight, heard, though. You ever heard the rumors, like, he's got, like, the strongest hand, like, the handshake grip? Oh, uh, yeah, so yeah, yeah. I, I, I've shook his be, hand before. I know he's a strong dude. He's a strong dude. 
So there's got to be some strength there. They're putting it in the Crypto.com Arena, formerly Staples Center, so they think yeah. they can attract an audience. Well, they can't because there's dummies like me that are like, well, maybe it'll be good. <laughs> I mean, you're talking about you got two thumbs up. I'm the dummy who bought the Tyson and, and uh, Roy Jones fight thinking I was going to see something. I'm not going to buy this one. I didn't go buy the – who was it, Frank Gore? Was it Frank Gore and Darren Williams who fought mm -hmm. each other? Yeah, that was a train wreck. Uh, I didn't watch that. I just think this Adrian Peterson and, and Le'Veon Bell is going to be a complete disaster. Uh, I think Adrian Peterson, the pride of Palestine, Texas, I think he, can, he might be able to get him. Uh, you know, you, you ain't no punk there coming from Palestine. I know that. Uh, I don't know where Le'Veon Bell's originally from, but to me it seems like he'd want to get into the ring and be a little prettier than, than uh, Adrian Peterson. I think Adrian Peterson wouldn't mind getting a little scrappy, you know what I mean, taking it back to the streets. But I don't know. You remember that we had him on the primetime Chris Colbert. You remember we had him on the show? Yeah, 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 yeah. Le'Veon Bell walked him out to the ring. What does that mean? He walked just, him out. So let I mean, me he, fight. He, he out here. He working with him. Oh my god! Come on, man. If you if you around, you know through osmosis. Maybe no, he saw, no, no, saw no. Some training camp. I can tell you right now, dog. <laughs> I can hang out with every fighter in the country, and I wouldn't be able to fight where to lick. All right, I'll tell you that right now. Just because I hang out with a bunch of fighters, don't mean that I'm a better fighter. I'm just gonna tell you. You know what I mean? Like. Uh-uh. I don't I've hung out with some real shady dudes before, but I ain't picked up them shady tendencies. You know what I mean? Like just because you hang out with them don't mean you're going to be them. Good god. Demond said you're going to pick he going to pick up some fighting skills because he walked this guy out. Get out of here, dude. No way. I don't I'm not buying this one. Literally, I'm not buying this one. I don't it might end up being the best fight ever, but I wouldn't know about it cuz I'm not going to watch it. But uh, I saw that announced today and I thought that that would be interesting to bring to the table. 318 is the time when we come back, we'll get to your calls and texts. I know my man Raider Dave in Denver is holding on. We'll get to you first here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Darren Waller with the hard ground ball, the shortstop and Waller is safe. Foster Moreau. A rocket past the shortstop in the left field. Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness, here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. A little Fossum Row action there? A little softball action? Is that what we're talking about right there? Okay, a little battle for Vegas. I'll tell you about the team that Josh Jacobs has assembled. We'll do that in a little bit, but first let's go out to the Raider Nation listener line at 702-365-9200, and let's talk to our guy Raider Dave Endeavor. Welcome to the show. Hey, good to hear you. Welcome back, Cotton. I think uh, CTE is no joke, and maybe the player's name you were thinking of that didn't come to mind was Junior Seau. If you don't think CTE's, uh, you know, as big as it is, just talk to anybody in his family. Yeah. And as far as Bell goes, he's already lost this match. What's the reach difference in that? Like a foot and a half? <laughs> right. Right. So, the other, the other word I think that really epitomizes what the Browns. Uh, or, I mean, what the Texans have done is complicit. I think they've been complicit in this, allegedly, and I think that really summarizes where they've been. You know, between the lines, you mentioned that other teams and what you said about the Texans, and my point would be what skeletons any of the, the, the 30 teams have in helping players or, quote-unquote, what could be regarded as just turning the other cheek. Yeah. You know, I fully believe that's why Washington's owner has hung in as he has. Gruden may end that, and I believe for a – you can believe for a second that, you know, there's a Gruden family member and a certain dynamic that would help, you know, uh, John Gruden win that by being called up as a witness. Yeah, 
I agree. I agree 100. percent And that I do. Thank you for the call. I do think that that's why Daniel Snyder has hung on so long in Washington, and seems like he's uh, unstoppable because I do believe he's got plenty on everyone. Uh, and I have no doubt about it that uh, you know the more that this whole Gruden situation uh, shook out, and, and we all know how it shook out, I believe that he has you know he's behind all of it. And I'm not excusing what John Gruden said and wrote because that was inexcusable, and he got whatever he deserved. But Again, you know, not trying to play the, well, look at that guy and look at this guy, but I promise you that he, his emails weren't the only ones that had some stuff in it, right? It wasn't at all, not even close. Uh, so, yeah, I, I do think that there's plenty plenty, uh, there's plenty there that you, you, you're on to, Raider Dave. So uh, thank you so much for that call. We definitely appreciate you. Let's hear from our guy, Raider Mac. What's on your mind? Welcome to the show. What up, Chief? Chilling, man, chilling. Hey, I'm glad we got our guy back tomorrow. Hey, but. Ain't no way we're gonna watch no Adrian Peterson <laughs> fight, man. That, that's some okie dokie. You're trying to take our money out of our pocket. I'd rather spend that on a on a on a, a game with the Raiders. <laughs> that kind of money. Hey, um, I know training camp is coming up, and we got a couple of things we haven't resolved yet. Um, but the off the field stuff, you know, as far as and, and I appreciate what you're doing because you know what, a lot of stations just just they just want to put out the good stuff but i mean i have been seeing this all through through the nfl about about these owners and different things going on in this organization so that that we do need to know what's going on what kind of atmosphere is going on because you know what i i mean i have a daughter and, and you know somebody might want to work for the raiders and they don't want to work for them because of certain things but we don't know yet till mark david come out and tell everything and my last thing is 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 on defense, why we're not picking up somebody at linebackers? Because I, I, we so thin that on the on the linebackers and also the DB. Uh, do you know if anything is in work for for camp? And I'll let you go on there. And thanks for the show, man. We really appreciate this show because uh, at Raider Nation, we need it. No doubt, no doubt. Raider Mac, thank you for the call. I appreciate you. And yeah, no, all is quiet right now, right? On the adding some kind of defensive player front, it is very, very quiet. There's a few options out there, uh, you know, as far as cornerbacks go. There's a few options out there as far as linebacker. There's a few options out there as far as defensive tackle goes. But, man, it's, it's really quiet. But the thing about it is it doesn't mean that it's not in the works because what I've learned from this new regime is that this new regime is quiet. Everything that they do is really kind of in stealth mode. And I know right now the hot name is Sue, but I'm not, I'm not hell-bent over that. I don't think that that's, that situation is going to come to fruition anytime soon, if ever. Uh, but there are some other options out there as far as corners. I even saw, uh, I forget, it was a, a report saying that the Raiders should, should give a look to, to Kevin King from Green Bay. And I know Kevin King's not really that great, but I wouldn't mind if they brought a guy in like that that at one point had – high expectations in his career as more competition. That's the thing about this. It's not really about going out and finding a guy and saying, he is going to be your number one or he's going to be the best guy that you have. You don't have to have that guy. What you need to do is provide as much competition as possible for training camp so you get the best guys, right? I mean, that's, that's what it's all about is finding the best guys by way of uh, competition in training camp. So I wouldn't be mine. I wouldn't mad if, if they went and added a Kevin King or added a – you know, I saw Joe Hayden. I think Joe Hayden's kind of long in the tooth, but, I mean, he's still a, a veteran that's been there, done that. So you know, if there's a couple guys out there that's available, and Raider Mac will let you know as soon as uh, we start to hear something. But it is all quiet on the addition of any kind of defensive players or any players right now uh, as far as the silver and black go. Right now, 
on the phone lines is our guy, Mick Akers from the Las Vegas Review-Journal. And, Mick, I do appreciate you giving us some time this afternoon. I was reading your piece that you and Brianna put out uh, over the weekend. I believe that's when it dropped, talking about how a boys' club Raiders culture fueled turnover, lawsuits, and harassment claims. And it was a real it was a real lengthy piece. It had a lot of different people talking uh, in this piece. Obviously, you know that as one of the people that wrote it. But how much of this stuff was – new stuff that you developed or you, you found, and how much of this is kind of stuff that we already might have known? Yeah, you know, it's a mix, a little bit of both. Obviously, um, some of this was reported by the New York Times, um, you know, a few weeks ago. Uh, but, you know, kind of dug a little deeper, got a little bit more info um, and, and some responses to some of this stuff here. Obviously, you know, not a good look as far as the organi- organization goes. But, you know, at this point, you know, their allegations and such, you know, nothing right. – confirm but there's you know multiple lawsuits out there tied to this stuff so obviously some of these people thought they had you know a good enough case to at least try it in court so uh you know so you know it was a mix of you know new and you know some of the info we knew but obviously we you know dug a little bit deeper and you know we got some people that they, you know what having talked before on the record you know kind of giving responses and such and uh you know kind of echoed the same thing you know hey there's there's some issues here and, and right. obviously we've seen some turnover in, in the in the organization itself so you know uh right now it just kind of looks like it's kind of trying to get sorted out but it's obviously still an ongoing situation right exactly and, and one of the things that i was you know reading and taking from the the piece that was written by you guys is the fact that it seems like and this is just me and this is why i wanted to have you on it seems like a lot of this stuff kind of happened and and there was no checks and balances like no one was really paying attention where it feels like now maybe there's some more attention to detail because they don't want to continue to to have these kind of issues is that is, is that a fair assessment well you know we have you know when ventrelli got fired and he came out and said that the reason that was is because he, he alerted some issues to the NFL that he said he alerted to Mark Davis that went, you know, underserved. And then, you know, we had some people come out and say they were surprised by that because they've aired some concerns to Ventrelli, which went, you know, mm-hmm. unchecked as well. So, you know, it's kind of, you got, he says, she says stuff going on here. So it's, you know, kind of caught in the middle. You're not sure who to believe, but, you know, we have some lawsuits and then Ventrelli said he, you know, he had legal counsel for, as far as his firing went. Uh, he didn't comment on this piece, uh, you know, obviously if he has any kind of legal plans or right. legal action plan, obviously he, he's not going to, you know, comment too much in the media. So, um, you know, it looks like obviously there's been some upheaval in the organization or it looks like, you know, at some point they'll hire a new president. You know, we've got the Marcel Reese getting a promotion there. Uh, obviously that seems like it's tied to some, you know, keeping some of the staff in line. It looks like, uh, so, um, you know, there is obviously that movement. So, you know, it seems like, you know, there is some work being done there. Talking right now with Mick Akers from the Las Vegas Review Journal here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. And Mark Davis in your piece said, eventually I will have something to say about all this, but not right now. And, uh, you know, like you said, there's been guys, multiple people that have left the organization, even going back to last year when uh, Bedane stepped down as the team president. How much of this uh, do you think has to do with uh, the workplace misconduct allegations? How much of the, you know, the, the front office people leaving has to do with that? And how much of it has to do with, uh, as Mark Davis has said before, you know, just kind of uh, – not not putting the money in the right places and the, the money not being spent the right way. Yeah, it seems like, you know, any of the departures from last year are going to be to the latter. And then, you know, some of the stuff that's going on recently is going to be some of their workplace issues, um, obviously with Ventrelli kind of pointing that out. So And, he, and then he was out just right after that. So, you know, it seems like anything last year was, you know, tied to the stuff that Davis brought up last year. And then, you know, anything going on right now is just tied to the hostility that's alleged. 
Right. And then, of course, Mick, we know about the situation that's going on in Washington right now. And so anytime any of these allegations are out there, it's got to be taken very, very seriously, uh, even more now than than it was before. So uh, how much of, you know, do you think that the well, how much do you think the NFL is is looking into it as of right now? Or is this just kind of like waiting in line? Yeah, you know, um, when the first you know, news came out of Ventralia, they said, you know, they, they were made aware of the situation and they're looking into it. They haven't said much since. Uh, obviously, it's one of their teams and they're going to look into it, you know, just like they did with Washington. But, uh, you know, there hasn't been any indication of, you know, any kind of hearing or anything like that regarding the Raiders. Uh, obviously, the some of the stuff with uh, Gruden came out through the Washington, you know, <laughs> investigation. So, um, you know, it's just kind of hard to, you know, know where this is going to go, uh, especially with the NFL not commenting on this, on this story. Right. Well, they got a lot that they're working on right now. The NFL is steady in the news between Washington, Deshaun Watson, and more. They're staying very, very busy. Again, we're talking with Mick Akers from the Las Vegas Review-Journal here on Unnecessary Roughness, Radio Nation Radio 920. My man, Damon's got one for you. Yeah, Mick, you just touched on a little bit. The NFL, there's, just, oh, there's always something going on. So from your reporting, do other teams also have some of these issues? Because it seems like – Every organization, if you dug deep enough, you could find some something something that's going on that's a little improper. Yeah, it's tough to say, obviously, with nothing coming out or being shed. But, um, you know, they kind of pointed it out saying, hey, when the Gruden got fired, they said, hey, what if you went and you look at it, every team's emails and, you know, transactions and all this other stuff? Like, what would you find? Obviously, no one's squeaky clean, so you you know there you know there could be potentially some other things like this out there, but you know obviously nothing's been made public or anyone has raised any concerns or anything like that. Yeah, absolutely, and that's the thing that we've been kind of talking about. And again, I mean, you can't defend yourself by saying, "Well, everyone else is doing it," but it just you know, or, or is going on in every organization. But it just seems like it's one of these situations, Mick, where uh, things were you know, ran kind of old school throughout a lot of the league. And I think a lot of leagues or a lot of teams and organizations are really uh, attempting to clean everything up right now. Are you getting that sense that, that whatever was going on is, is being cleaned up or at least trying to be cleaned up right now, as far as the Raiders are concerned? Yeah, obviously, um, you know, when you have anything like this come out, you know, it's not a good look. And like I said, some of the, you know, Steve Hill from LVCBA, big guy on the stadium authority as well. Mm -hmm said, hey, it's probably a good, a good idea to get this addressed, you know, quickly for all parties involved, including the stadium and Las Vegas and the Raiders, of course. So um, I would assume there's some work being done in the background, you know, kind of getting this under control or if there's anything still lingering on this on this end, obviously um, be smart and all <laughs> for all parties to, you know, kind of get this under wraps and, you know, uh, cleaned up and not have these kind of issues and they can kind of worry on the next season and, you know, potential, you know, playoff run and all that with some of these new pieces they brought in. Right, exactly. We saw what happened uh, last year when stuff was lingering into the season, even if it didn't start off as uh, something that we were even talking about. We didn't start talking about things until during the season. Now, going back real quick uh, to Mark Davis' statement saying eventually I'll have something to say about this, but not right now. Did you get any kind of indication at, at what point you think that he's going to say something about it? You know, he doesn't usually do that. Obviously, with, with him, he was kind of quiet on the whole you know turnover on the front end office last year, and then uh, all of a sudden, he was in front of a bunch of reporters at a league meeting, and, you know, he, he kind of explained it, you know, yeah. to what he did. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think with him, it's just kind of when he feels like telling you about it or where he has something to say, he'll say it. So I don't think there's any kind of timeline on that. 
Okay. Again, we're talking with Mick Akers from the Las Vegas Review-Journal here on NSA Roughness, Raider Nation Radio 920. And I did want to ask you about another subject as well, including the, the, the new logo that's floating around that some Raider Nation likes, some Raider Nation hates. Uh, what are your thoughts on the, on the logo that's floating around? I, I know you noted that you can get the merchandise at the airport. They have it at the Raider Image at the airport. Uh, what are your thoughts on the new logo? You know, it's, it's, it's something different. Obviously, it's, you know, just the swords and kind of missing a few things. <laughs> so, uh, it's just, I think, you know, obviously you have the same logo all these years. And, you know, probably just them trying to get something different out in, in the market. Well, they still have tons of, uh, you know, the original logo out there. Um, so, and uh, I'm sure there's some people that might like it as well. But, you know, it's just, I think it's just the Raiders trying something new right now. All right, Mick, usually when we have you on, it's Raiders, it's are the A's coming to Vegas, but you're also <laughs> a voter for the Boxing Hall of Fame. Oh, jeez, here he goes. The biggest topic in boxing today, Adrian Peterson, Le'Veon Bell. We were talking about it the segment before. Did you waste this man's time and ask him a question like that? Yes, oh, maybe. Mick, are you in on celebrity boxing? Yeah, not really. Uh, it's just these guys aren't really trained professional boxers, and so you'll see them in there, and usually the fights aren't that great, obviously. Uh, there's a you know occasional few that will get a knockout or whatever, but it's just usually you, it's unskilled fighters going at it with you know a <laughs> couple months of training experience. So you know it's not the biggest. I'm not the biggest fan of that, but I guess it has a place of trying to grow the sport with some of the younger generation. I'm not sure if it helps carry over to also you know major fights, but. Um, um, myself, you know, it's, it's kind of a thing I liked when I was a kid, but not right now. <laughs> yeah, Demond, when he was a kid. When he was a kid. <laughs> Jeez. Nobody cares about no Adrian Peterson and, and uh, Le'Veon Bell. Nobody. No reason for that, Demond. No reason at all. So, uh, Mick, thank you. Sorry, I didn't mean to sidetrack you like that with – <laughs> with that kind of a question from DeMond, but every once in a while, that's how he gets down. As far as the organization and their, their uh, you know, how much they're worth now, how if they've seen their value continue to grow since they've been in Las Vegas. Now you see the, the sale of Denver Broncos, so that's going to allow their value to go up. How much, how much more do you anticipate or do you think that this organization, their value could go up, uh, you know, over the next few years? Yeah, so we saw like a major jump you know, tied to the relocation. Obviously, when you get here, they had a bunch of that PSL money come in. That's like $500 plus million right there alone. Then you get some of these deals with the stadium itself, some of the, you know, gaming partners and whatnot coming in and, you know, buying into that. And then you had the stadium itself and then just kind of moving to Vegas, a new market. So that obviously helped a lot. Um, you know, this the sell the Broncos is going to help it inch up a little bit. It's not going to be anything major, uh, you know, but I think, uh, if they start being a little bit more successful, obviously continue this playoff streak, maybe they'll take it another couple seasons. That'd be awesome. Right. Yeah. Uh, so from there, um, you know, winning always, you know, draws fans and draws more money. So I think, um, you know, as long as they continue being successful on the field and obviously off the field, maybe inking some more deals locally. But, you know, they kind of ran the gamut when they came here with the stadium. Uh, but obviously just being productive on the field is going to be their best bet. Right, no doubt about it. And uh, before we let you go, you're the man around town, as Demond mentioned. Uh, what's the latest on the A's, and, and, and when's the NBA team going to start hooping it up here in uh, in Las Vegas? And they're not summer league. <laughs> yeah, right. No, yeah. So obviously, um, a lot of attention on the A's right now. And uh, right now, a source told me that Major League Baseball wouldn't charge them a relocation fee if they came out to Las Vegas. So you know, that's potentially hundreds of millions of dollars saved right. to the A's if they came out here that they wouldn't have to spend on that and they can, you know, kind of put it toward the stadium instead. Uh, so that's like the latest on that. They have a big vote and 
the Bay Area on Thursday um, regarding if they want to remove the port use designation at the Howard Terminal site, basically saying, hey, you can use this site for a stadium and not for port duty. So that's going to be another thing to keep an eye on this week. And then you move into next month and you have some stuff the city council is supposed to uh, vote on maybe putting the stadium issue out to a public vote in November, which would, you know, also be another big deal because the A's are trying to get an answer on this this year and that would probably push it into next year as far as anything binding. So, you know, as this keeps playing out and the dominoes are falling, it kind of seems like it's leaning towards Las Vegas a little bit more than it was before. So uh, especially with this, you know, hey, we're not going to charge you some right. hundreds of million of dollars if you're going to move to Las Vegas. <laughs> right. And, and Mick, I mean, wh- why would they why would they give them that and, and tell them that they're not going to charge them that? Because that's massive. Like that's that is a big stinking deal not to have to pay that relocation fee. Yeah, you know, obviously it's Major League Baseball kind of saying, hey, we're, we're serious about bringing a team to Las Vegas. And if you do, we're not going to charge you this. So it's wow. kind of. Opening it, opening up the door a little bit wider for them to actually come out here. Obviously, they still haven't announced their preferred site. They have. They told me they're down to two. The last time I spoke with their president, Dave Cavill, and you know, whenever they come out with the preferred site, they're supposed to have renderings and everything. So you know, there's a lot of work being done on the Las Vegas end, and a lot of money going in with that. So it's you know, it's just not a a leverage deal like everyone was thinking early on. Obviously, this is dragged out over a year now, and it's still going on. So you know, this is it's, you know, it's a real deal here. Right. Yeah, there's a real possibility. It's it's going to be interesting to see how all that shakes out. I can't believe that they would uh, pass up on that relocation fee just because that is so much money. But, Mick, great stuff, man. Thanks so much for your work. I do appreciate you. You and Brianna came together on the piece. It's how a boys club Raiders culture fuel turnover lawsuits and harassment claims. You can find that in the RJ. Anything you got else coming out that I need to be on the lookout for? Yeah, you know, just like I say, I'll be keeping my eye on the, the A situation. There's a lot of stuff that's going to be developing over the next week and a half or so. So I'll have, you know, at least a couple more stories on that. Um, so, yeah, pretty much anything on that. And then, uh, you know, if anything, anything else pops off in the Raiders, I'll, you know, I'll be on top of that as well. All right. Well, Mick, you're the man around town. We definitely appreciate you. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right, there he goes, my guy. It's Mick Akers from the Las Vegas Review-Journal, at Mick Akers on Twitter. Does a fantastic job, and I promise you, he is around town everywhere. I talk about being around town like a stop sign. That's Mick Akers. He is around town, and he's one of those guys that'll be like the quiet stealth. He'll just come up, and all of a sudden you look up, and boom, there's Mick. And he's like, man, where'd he come from? I didn't even hear him come in the door. That's how he is. He just quietly walks in and handles his business, and we definitely appreciate his time. This afternoon, 3.43 is the time. We'll come back, get your calls and texts. And we got an update from Paloma. She's actually going to join us at 4.30 instead of 4 o'clock. She's going to be on air at 4. And, Demond, you weren't here last time we had her on. She literally was courtside at the Aces game. And right when I asked her a question, she was like, oh, i got to go do a live shot. And so she had to go. There's always something that happens whenever Paloma's on. The first time Paloma was on, or not the first time, but a couple weeks ago, we had an in-studio visitor that nobody wanted. And then this last time that she was on, she had to go and do a live hit. So this time, she's going to move to 430 so her live hit should already be done and we'll talk all things lv aces with paloma coming up then 343 is the time this is raider nation radio 920 hey raider nation this is bruce buffer and you're listening to raider nation radio 920 Welcome back to Unnecessary Roughness. Unnecessary Roughness. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Here's your boy Q. I mentioned Summer League to Mick Akers when we had him on the last segment, and many thanks to Mick for joining us talking about the piece that's out on the 
the RJ, talk about how a boys club Raider culture fuel turnover lawsuits and harassment claims. You can check it out. I think my biggest takeaway from talking to Mick about it, and I th- it kind of confirmed what I already believed, is that a lot of it was stuff that we already knew. He said that there was some more, a little bit more digging that they did, and they got a few more people to come forward and speak, but it, it kind of felt like it was the situation and scenario that had already been rolled out there, uh, not really re- rehashed, but just kind of you know, maybe a, a little bit more added to it. But it's pretty much felt like it was some stuff that we had already heard and that will be addressed at some point. So uh, many thanks to Mick for joining us to talk about it and talk about the piece that him and Brianna uh, put out over the weekend. But I said Summer League to him because that is coming up. Very excited about that. Uh, Albert Hall was on the morning tailgate this morning talking about the Summer League coming to Vegas. And I'll tell you, that's one of my favorite events each and every year. It really is. It's, uh, it's just you get to see these guys uh, when they're young before they really become superstars, and, you know, you get up close and personal. You never know what you're going to see. Uh, a lot of really good basketball. I remember seeing Steph Curry play in Summer League. I remember seeing John Wall play in Summer League. Uh, a lot of guys, Kevin Durant, a bunch of different dudes playing in Summer League. It's just a lot of fun as far as I'm concerned. We have a four-pack of tickets that we're going to give out before the show is over. So coming up in the next hour, we have a four-pack of tickets to the Summer League that you can go. It's going on July 7th through 17th. All 30 teams, up to eight games per day. And that's a beautiful thing about these tickets. You can literally get a ticket and go in for game one and stay all day long and watch all the games. I remember last year, one of the first events I did when I arrived in Las Vegas was I did my show live from uh, Summer League, and Little Q was here. And matter of fact, he'll be back here uh, next Tuesday, July 5th. He's coming back to, to the 702, so maybe we'll make it a day again and go out to the Summer League. But we were there for the show. We got there early. We watched some hoops. Then I did the show. Then we stayed and watched some more hoops. I mean, it's just that's the cool thing about getting these tickets. You can literally watch up to eight games a day if you want. You could just go there all day and soak in hoops. And being here in Las Vegas and it's 115 outside, you can go in there and get some nice A.C., chill out, stay away from it, and when you come outside, it's 109. You know what I mean? It's, it's still hot. Even though you've been there all day long, it's still really hot. So, you know, and, but you can still, hey, you're right down there at the Thomas and Mac in the Cox Pavilion. You can go out, have some, have some food, have some drinks afterwards. You can do whatever. If, it's, if you're with your family, you can take your family somewhere. It's really a great location, and it's a really a good event. And we have four tickets that we're going to give out before the show ends. So uh, definitely stick around for that. And, Damon, I don't know if you saw – I don't think I put on the run sheet yet. I'll do that tomorrow. But uh, we're going to be giving out WWE Money in the Bank tickets as well. Not today, but we have those tickets on the way. Oh, no. I'm looking at Promo Suite right now. This is a <laughs> week. This is a week for tickets. Right. We have all kind of really good tickets. So we'll be giving out some WWE Money in the Bank tickets. We'll be doing that this week. Summer League tickets. We got all kind of good stuff for you. But Summer League, before the show's over, I promise we'll get to that. But I did want to hit some text that we have. Uh, 69187, keyword R&R. It's the Salmon Ash text line. Uh, we got the text. A's relocation fee is from the 408 number. A's relocation fee also may have to do with screwing the A's over for many years in the Bay Area, not allowing them to move to San Jose, then Fremont because of San Francisco Giants' territorial rights. Possibly. Possibly. I just know that that's, that's, a, that's a big win right there for the A's not having to pay that relocation fee. I, I don't remember exactly how much it was uh, that the Raiders had to pay for the relocation fee, but that's usually every team benefits from that relocation fee. So I'm really surprised that they're not having them do that. But, hey, it, I mean, it is what it is. And uh, like I said, that's a really big win. And I do remember all the times that the A's were talking about moving to San Jose or Fremont, and uh, the Giants weren't going to let them do that. And I don't know, man. The A's, they, their, their whole 
their whole business plan I just I'm not a fan of and I'm a fan of the team. I just don't like what the way that they, they handle their business and I really honestly do not believe unless they change their business mind, it will not work in Las Vegas. But that's just me. I mean hell, they got there's more fans that go to the aviator games right now than the A's get. And I'd rather go to the Aviators game and watch minor leaguers because I know that I'm going to a minor league game. If you go to a, a A's game, you're going to see minor league players, but it's major league baseball, right? Like if I go to a major league game, I want to see some major leaguers. I want to see some big dogs. I want to see some stars. Instead, I'm seeing the Aviators, which is no disrespect to the Aviators. They're great, but they're also what they are. They're a minor league team. And I know that when I'm going to the game, that's what I'm going to see. That's what bugs me about the A's and, what, and the way that they handle their business. They just, they've got to have some star power. Man, Vegas, you've got to have a name. You've got to have somebody, an attraction, or two, or five, or eight. They don't have any. And when they get one, they trade them and move on from them. We can't afford them. Stupid. 702-365-9200. Let's talk to our guy, Gangster Raider. What's on your mama, man? What's happening? What's happening? Hey, first of all, I want to talk about two things about – First, about the new logo. I like it because the um, cross skull or the double swords always belong to us. I don't know how that's not copyright infringement by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers when they um, stole our logo and copyrighted in theirs. That's, that's straight copyright infringement on our, Lolo, on our logo. And as far as, like, I know a bunch of Dallas Cowgirl fans, they used to do the um, cross sword logo when Dez Bryant used to do it. And they got a little... Um, a little cowgirl club out here called Star Status, and that was a little symbol for a while was the cross. You know, I remember how Dez Bright used to throw up the cross. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, yep. Like the, yeah, so that's our stuff. You know what I'm saying? How y'all going to try to claim it as ours? And it's the Star Status Club down here, some cowgirls fans in L.A. actually bang them all the time. Like, that's, that's crossovers. That's us. That's Raider stuff. You know what I'm saying? So I'm glad we're taking it back. You know what I'm saying? That's why I support the logo. You know what I'm saying? Because the only crossword, the original crossword, that's us. That's our logo. Nice. And as far as, you know, I'm, 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 I like the chip on the shoulder that Derek Carr got because he needs to have that chip on the shoulder because we act like we didn't make the playoffs last year. That's what I'm saying. I'm glad he said I thought we made the playoffs. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. they're, acting like, they're acting like the Chargers and the Chiefs finished ahead of us. We, we was on, it was only two double-win teams in the division, and one of them was us. You know what I'm saying? There's only two yeah. teams that make the playoffs in the division, and one of them was us. That's why I'm glad he got that chip on his shoulder, and um, McDaniel's got the chip on his shoulder, too. Both of them combined with having chips on their shoulders, and the last team to go undefeated in the regular season had McDaniel's as a coordinator. So I think it's a good chance with them chips on the shoulder, you know what I'm saying, and them underdimensionals, and the fact that we start off against the Chargers. I think that's going to fuel them even harder, you know what I'm saying, because they're acting like um, – the Chargers already won a division, or they did something in the division already, and they're acting like that little coach is really somebody when he's just a mess-up. You mean he's an F-up if you ask me, you know what I'm saying? But that's all, that's all I want to say. I want to say let's let's take our double um, swords logo back because that's belonging to us. That's Raider stuff, you know what I'm saying? And with the chips on the shoulder that the coach and the um, quarterback got, and hopefully the rest of the team because they said our um, – our defensive backfield is what I think they said 29th out of 32 in the league. They should have a chip on their shoulder. Our offensive line, I think they said, is what 28th to 29th in the league. Yep. They should have a chip on their shoulder. Everybody should come out with a chip on their shoulder and fuel his motivation and go undefeated, like I predicted. And MVP, you know what I'm saying? Only reason I'm not saying he gonna win it, but it's a chance that he will win it. And if he do get to win it, I put that hundred on that on 41 I, so that yep. hundred to turn to four G's if he do win it. You know what I'm saying? Keep the gangster, y'all. I'm out. I'm gone. Got you, man. We're definitely rooting for you, man. I'm always for somebody winning that money, man. And you put you put the bread down, that's a good futures bet right there. If that comes through, and look, you, people might laugh right now, but I've been seeing a lot of bets that came through. I saw someone, and I always say no to parlays, but I saw someone have a parlay when it was, it was the, what, the Rams 
and uh, the Warriors and the Avalanche, and all three had to win the championship. This person put down, I want to say they put $500. Was it? And then they turned it then into what? How much was it? It was 26 or 267,000 or something? 269,000. There you go. Yeah. Now that's, hey, man. And somebody was looking at him like, you're a dummy. You just wasted $500. And now who's laughing? So, hey, I'm not mad at you, man. If you want to put down a C note with the opportunity to win four Gs, I ain't mad at you. The Raiders got a hell of a roster. I'm not saying Carr's going to win the MVP, but that's not, that's not a bad bet. It's a better bet probably than me putting $100 into that triple-double diamond and hoping for the best because <laughs> the best hasn't been working for me too long. I was at the casino over the weekend, and the wife said, you going to go play your machine? I said, hell no. Nah. Hell no. Nah. That thing has 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 – has uh, turned on me, man. It's 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 cheating on me. It's 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 hanging out with someone else. It's showing love to someone else. It needs to come on back home. It's like little homie. My turtle ran away, and now my triple double diamond machine ran away. Three fifty seven is the time. We'll come back, take your calls and texts, and we'll get into a lot more. How about what's going on in the NBA between Kendrick Perkins and Draymond Green? Are you serious? Yeah, we'll get into that as well. This is Radio Nation Radio nine twenty.